This is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, September 30th, 2021 on KUAF, a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. I'm Kyle Kellams. Just ahead on our show, Roby Brock with Talk Business and Politics discusses the latest numbers included in the Talk Business and Politics Hendricks College poll. What Arkansas voters think of the president, the Arkansas legislature, and the idea the state could adopt an abortion law similar to the one passed by Texas. Conversation about the poll in about three and a half minutes. There are another 19 newly confirmed deaths from COVID-19 in Arkansas, bringing the state's total of fatal cases to 7,670. The Arkansas Department of Health counts 1,153 new cases in yesterday's report and 51 fewer people hospitalized because of the virus. The Arkansas General Assembly reconvened yesterday to begin the process of redrawing the state's four congressional districts based on new census data. But much of the day was spent debating whether unrelated bills could be presented for consideration. Senate President Jimmy Hickey, a Republican from Texarkana, noted many in his party want to pass legislation regarding COVID-19 mandates. But he told his colleagues that might violate rules stipulating that only unfinished business from earlier this year can be considered. If we pass any of these bills that are filed, and I'm not talking about the congressional maps, we're going to, that's okay. These other bills, is, it's, it's a high likelihood, it's almost guaranteed that it's going to get challenged because we all know how controversial these, this COVID has become. Governor Asa Hutchinson said this week that any legislation outside of redistricting would be unconstitutional. But Republican Senator Trent Garner of El Dorado argued fears of legal action should not limit what lawmakers consider. As we look at what issues we can consider, I know some of the legislation that is, has been filed for consideration during this, whatever we call it, reconvening, has been similar legislation debated during the regular session, some of it defeated and some of it on the other end. I mean, does that not make it clear that this is not unfinished business, this is new business or business that we've already rehashed? Senator, I I think with regards to that, that's going to have to be a decision made, you know, here in the Senate, in the House, and then ultimately with the courts. No firm decisions were made about the scope of legislation with the lawmakers reconvening today. Arkansas Children's is raising its living wage to $15 an hour. The announcement yesterday translates to higher paychecks for 500 employees across the system, including those contracted through food service and environmental services. In 2019, Arkansas Children's raised the living wage from just more than $10 an hour to $14 an hour. The Cherokee Nation is passing a milestone, 400,000 tribal citizens registered. A press release says the nation continues to receive record numbers of citizenship applications. Principal Chief Chuck Hoskin Jr. announced earlier this year that the tribe will provide a $2,000 COVID-19 assistance payment to all enrolled Cherokee citizens, along with those who receive approved citizenship status by June 2022. Talk Business and Politics reports Walmart plans to hire 150,000 employees at stores in the United States, with most of the positions being full-time and permanent. The new hires announced yesterday are in addition to the 20,000 new workers the retailer needs to fill gaps in supply chain positions. Two Northwest Arkansas communities will use grants from the Arkansas Department of Agriculture's Forestry Division to improve urban forestry. Goshen will use their grant to further develop the city's Trees and Parks project. And the city of Eureka Springs will further work on the open space assessment and glade restoration project. And the Arkansas Razorback football team is adding a former Southwest Conference rival to its schedule in 2030 and 2031. The Razorbacks will play at Texas Tech on September 14, 2030, then host the Red Raiders in Fayetteville on September 13, 2031. The games were formally announced yesterday. This is Ozarks at Large. I'm pleased to say that on the phone with me is Roby Brock from Talk Business and Politics. Roby, welcome back to Ozarks at Large. Always good to be with you and your listeners, Kyle. Thanks, Roby. So this week we've been seeing results from the latest Talk Business and Politics and Hendricks College poll. Uh, Here is my takeaway before we get into individual poll results the state of Arkansas, much like the country of the United States, seems divided. 
<laughs> yes. And I would add a caveat to that, that there are more people who identify as Republicans than there are Democrats. And so independents are still a very important swing vote, but you still have uh, a very large plurality of Republican identifiers out there. So while some of these results we'll talk about may be you know, split 50-50 or, you know, close to it, the numbers still favor Republicans just because of the swath of voters that identify sure. in that uh, range. The most recent question uh, and, and response is about abortion. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But first, let's talk about authority figures such as uh, the Arkansas legislature and the Arkansas Supreme Court and President Joe Biden. With the legislature and the Arkansas Supreme Court, the approvals and disapprovals, well, they're not quite literally 50-50, they're darn close. <laughs> yes, actually, the U.S. Supreme Court. Yes, the U.S. Supreme Court, right. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, 48.5% disapprove of the job the U.S. Supreme Court's doing, 45% approve. Uh, legislature wasn't much different, 46.5% support, 49.5% oppose. I think what was interesting to me on both of those numbers is that the majority of the I guess the opinions are in the somewhat approve or somewhat disapprove category, meaning there's not super strong opinions of approval or disapproval uh, for those, which we will see in some other uh, questions that I think we'll go through. But for those two institutions, uh, yeah, a pretty even split, which is pretty reflective of our politics in this day and age. But at the same time, all kind of soft, the support and the lack of support. Exactly. Now, with President Joe Biden, as you might expect, in a solidly red state, it is not 50-50. He has slipped, and it hasn't been the best of the last six weeks for the president anyway. The president has had a tough uh, month and a half, to to say it mildly. So, yeah, we've seen his approval rating fall from about 41 percent to 39 percent since late May. His disapproval has jumped dramatically. It's jumped up eight points to 59%. So now there's a a 20-point spread between those who approve of the president and disapprove of the president. It was about 10 uh, a few months ago. And again, uh, just to kind of piggyback on this soft support versus hard support or uh, soft disapproval and hard disapproval, the president's numbers – are very unfavorable, strongly disapproved, was 53% of that 59% vote. So um, the people that are opposed to the president um, are in Arkansas feel pretty adamant about that. So it's going to be hard to shift them back to the softer areas of somewhat disapprove or even somewhat approve. All right. Now, uh, this is the question. A question that was asked, Texas passed a law that prohibits abortion after six weeks of pregnancy, empowers private individuals to enforce the regulations through lawsuits against doctors and anyone who aids or abets in procuring a criminal abortion. If similar legislation were introduced in Arkansas, would you support or oppose its passage? Forty six and a half percent definitely or probably support. Forty nine and a half percent probably or definitely oppose. I find this very interesting. It is. And we lifted some of the language from the Texas uh, legislation. Uh, so I want people to understand some of the language we used in the phrasing of the question is really just kind of directly what the law states uh, that it does, because we're not we don't want to influence opinions one way or the other. Um, so you mentioned that support and opposition is pretty close. And it's within the margin of error, three points. Uh, but when you look at the definitely or probably supports um, and the definitely and probably opposed, those numbers are really, really hard. So of that 46.5% supporting, 35.5% of that 46 is definitely support mm-hmm. uh, this Arkansas adoption of a Texas abortion law. And the opposition is even stronger, 42.5% definitely opposed. So this out of the 49.5% that overall oppose. So this is a really uh, divisive, hardened um, you know, position for both sides on this debate. And, you know, again, within the margin of error, but the opposition to this seems to be a little bit stronger than the support for it in Arkansas. And another, I think, interesting point on that, Kyle, is only 4% didn't even have an opinion. So this is clearly broken through. It's clearly an issue that people are paying attention to. Uh, 
unknown or undecided or don't know on their opinion is really, really small. So, um, anyhow, I think if the Arkansas legislature brings this up, it's going to be a fiery debate with the big Republican supermajorities that we see, though, in the legislature. Republicans overwhelmingly support this when you look at the numbers on the crosstabs and Democrats even more so oppose it. Um, and you see some gender split, too, with women being more opposed than men. So I, I just if this can of worms gets opened in Arkansas, it's just going to be nothing but, I think, creating wounds for everyone and, and not help heal any of the political division that we see across the state. Yeah. When you look at the legislative body, they are not, I imagine if you polled them, they are not this uh, divided and they don't um, represent the gender populations that the state as a whole represents. So there may be a little bit (laughs) of a difference there between Arkansas voters and the legislative body. Yeah, it just depends on if they want to, you know, who they're listening to. And right now we see, and this has been for several years, but it's particularly pronounced right now, the the Arkansas Republican elected officials are much more responsive to their political base. What does the primary Republican mm-hmm. voter think about in this state? So they're going to look at these crosstabs from the Republican Party perspective, I would predict, and that's probably where more of them will act because in this state right now, and it's I hate to speak this truth to, to any Democrats that are listening right now, but if you have an R after your name, it is uh, it, it's extremely helpful to you in winning the general election. But you got to win that primary first to win that general election, with exceptions of some key parts of the state. Roby Brock is with our partner, Talk Business and Politics, and we'll hear an extended version of our conversation. Tonight on the 7 p.m. edition of Ozarks at Large. That's tonight on KUAF and streaming at KUAF.com and via the updated free KUAF app. KUAF is supported by Hendricks College, offering engaged learning by linking classrooms to the world and developing career skills throughout its curriculum. Hendricks graduates pursue medical, law, and other advanced degrees, preparing students to lead lives of accomplishment. Hendricks.edu slash connect for more information. Walton Arts Center's 10 by 10 Arts Series begins Thursday, October 7th with The Truth Has Changed. This complex, funny, and dramatic play examines current-day American issues and propaganda. The journey from 9-11 to today reminds us that democracy and truth are worth fighting for. WaltonArtsCenter.org or 443-5600 for tickets. This is a Thursday afternoon edition of Ozarks at Large. Still to come this afternoon on our show, Leah Uribe and Sam Perimeter mark a milestone. Episode number 50. Some special music for that from Leah coming up in our second half hour. We all make decisions every day. Some are hard, some second nature. Like tuning into public radio for an update on the news. Maybe it's on when you wake up in the morning. Maybe it serves as your alarm, or it comes on when you start your car. Listening to public radio is easy. It's second nature. But making a contribution to KUAF, now, that can be one of those difficult decisions. It's not second nature to most people. It's something you may have to think about and then take time to actually make the contribution. Well, you can make what maybe is a difficult decision for you, contributing to public radio, more like second nature by becoming a sustaining contributor. That's what my wife, Laura, and I do. Make a monthly contribution to KUAF. You can use a bank draft. You can use a credit card or debit card. You can, if you're a University of Arkansas employee, have a payroll deduction. You don't have to make the decision again to contribute to public radio because it is done. And just like listening to public radio seems second nature, so will then be giving. To public radio. You can become a sustaining contributor right now this afternoon. Set up a monthly contribution of $5, 10 or $20 a month with your payroll deduct, your bank draft, your credit card. You can just do that at supportkuaf.com. Then listening and contributing to public radio, all second nature. And this, by the way, is the final afternoon of our annual fall on-air fundraiser and Our great friends of Ozarks at Large and KUAF, Bill Elder and Karen Freeman, have one more big noon Ozarks at Large challenge, $450. So we're all going to work together and contribute a combined $450 between now and the end 
of the show at 1 o'clock. It can be a $10 contribution. It could be a sustaining membership of $5, $10, or $20 a month. It could be a gift contribution, a first-ever contribution in any amount. And when we reach $450 combined for the hour, we will have matched the final Ozarks at Large Challenge from Bill Elder and Karen Freeman of Fayetteville. Bill and Karen, thank you so much for encouraging fellow listeners to contribute to their public radio station. The money you contribute pays for Morning Edition and Ozarks at Large and all things considered. The power to the transmitter and the backup transmitter. It pays for the lights to be on at KUAF. We're a nonprofit, non-commercial public radio station, and we depend on you and listeners like you to pay more than 75% of our budget. Contribute what you can right now if you haven't already at supportkuaf.com, and thank you. 50 years ago, Joy to the World by Three Dog Night was the number one billboard hit of the year, and we think that's pretty fitting. Hey, it's Don Gagne from NPR News. It's our 50th anniversary, and if what you've heard on NPR and on this station has brought joy to your world, spread it around. Give to this station right now. You can give at support. KUAF.com. We're trying to reach the $450 challenge during this noon edition of Ozarks at Large. It's a challenge from Bill Elder and Karen Freeman of Fayville. We're in the last hours of our on-air fall fundraiser. If you haven't yet, please contribute now. The amount in your choice. Support KUAF.com. Center of the Ozarks in downtown Springdale is now Arts One Presents. The ACO closed during the pandemic and paused all shows and arts presentations. This intermission allowed for a regrouping, and now Arts One Presents is ready to well present. There will be a celebration a week from today, October 7th, in Walter Turnbow Park in downtown Springdale, beginning at 4:30. That will include live music, a community arts presentation, and more. The new website for more information. Arts1Present.org. We have a new biggest diamond found in Arkansas in 2021. Noreen Redberg from Granite City, California, unearthed a 4.38-carat yellow diamond at Crater of Diamond State Park in Murfreesboro this week. The park is the only one in the country that features diamond hunting for the public. Noreen told state park officials she wasn't sure it was a diamond when she first saw it, but... It was shiny, so she picked it up. And here's a tip for your next diamond trip to Murfreesboro. Most of the biggest diamonds there are found on top of the ground or very near the surface after a good rain. The last time a bigger diamond was found in the park? Last October, when Fayetteville resident Stephen McCool discovered a 4.49-carat diamond. And the largest ever found there? It's a gem nicknamed Uncle Sam. It was discovered in 1924, before the land was actually a state park, That one, Uncle Sam, came in at 40.23 carats. Time now for today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report. I'm Paul Gatling. On today's show, Roby Brock discusses the state of the banking industry with Arvest Bank's Jim Cargill, who is the chairman of the Arkansas Bankers Association. We've also got an update on former Waco Title Company Chief Executive Officer Patrick Curry. Curry worked for Waco Title for more than 15 years before exiting the company in August. And Fayetteville nonprofit Seven Hills Homeless Center has a new CEO. We'll have those stories and more after the break on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report. Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. ArkansasStateChamber.com Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield For more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create health care solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security. 
Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Jim Cargill is a fourth-generation banker, and he leads the Central Arkansas market for Fayetteville-chartered Arvest Bank. Cargill has held a number of leadership roles during his career with Arvest over the past 35 years and worked in multiple markets, including Rogers, Bentonville, and Little Rock. This summer, he was installed as the new chairman of the Arkansas Bankers Association. And that was the jumping-off point for a recent conversation between Cargill and Roby Brock about the state of banking in Arkansas. What is the biggest challenge facing Arkansas banks right now? If you had to quantify all of the regulatory things, everything going on with COVID-19, everything else that goes on with the normal bank operations, what's the biggest challenge right now? Well, I'd have to say it's, at this point, it's um, leveraging a, a, a huge amount of liquidity uh, against an opportunity to, for earnings. Um, you know, loan demand has been actually kind of started started off last year um, pretty pretty strong and <clears throat> continued for a few months, but it it has um, it has slowed down a bit. Uh, if you're talking about commercial business type lending, um, and and there's just a few deals that are being chased by a, a large number of banks, and so the margins are pretty thin if you end up with one. So it's uh, that's that's kind of our biggest challenge across across Arkansas right now. You know the good the good side of it though on the lending uh, front is home loans um, are, are clearly uh, a hot commodity. We we just don't have enough product on the ground, and in most of the communities that I work directly with, um, actually twelve. Uh, according to the latest census, 12 of the 30 largest communities in the state are in our footprint. And there is a, a huge demand for housing in all of those communities. Yeah, I would think that the red hot housing market is certainly what has driven a lot of profitability. I don't have to tell you bank profitability in Arkansas, just among Arkansas banks, rose 128 percent in the second quarter, according to some FDIC statistics, that's year over year growth, uh, clearly fueled by uh, what we saw earlier this spring uh, leading into the summertime. Would you say that's what drove the earnings growth in the second quarter? Yeah, uh, the, of course, the PPP uh, activity was a, a big contributor there. Um, and then interestingly, a lot of that liquidity created uh, by the funding of those PPP loans is, is still sticking around. So. Um, you know, hopefully that translates into uh, future investment and expansion and things of that nature. And I think a lot of our, some of our key business leaders and manufacturing are, um, you know, thoughtfully considering how to redesign their uh, operations to embrace this, this new arrangement we have, yeah. uh, delivery channels and such that have changed so dramatically. So, Hopefully we'll see that money get put to use and leverage it with some lending support. Do you think that the liquidity that you're talking about, this cash on the sidelines, which is another another way to describe that, do you think that the hesitancy to spend it is just, we're still in this period of uncertainty with COVID-19 as we see the virus mutate? Is, is that what's got everybody on pause or is it something else happening in the economy at large? I, I don't, I think it's more about, um, having the opportunity to evaluate how um, they, they can best utilize that funding to be more efficient uh, and, and, and effective and, and successful um, with, with some of the new challenges that you have. Your, your competition is adapting, um, and, and so you, you kind of have to pay attention to that. Um, and I'll, you know, Roby, just to use a, uh, a comparison to our own industry, uh, our banking industry. Um, matter of fact, we're, we're, Arvest is announcing um, a very um, large scale um, dive into a totally different arrangement in the digital world. Uh, we're we're going to be adopting um, 
a next generation core banking platform, uh, working with a, a company called Thought Machine and Accenture uh, to totally redesign the way we uh, operate the bank internally from the core uh, and, and, and all the way through, because I mean, our, our focus, like many companies, your focus is to try to do your very best for your customers and be there the way they need you. Um, but uh, as we have seen the adoption of technology move ahead, I would say five to seven years in the course of the last 18 months, uh, we are all clearly trying to wrestle with how do we deploy our services and be and be relevant to the to the customer base that's become so comfortable with technology. Jim Cargill is the CEO of the Central Arkansas Market for Fayetteville Chartered Arvest Bank and the chairman of the Arkansas Bankers Association. There is more of that interview with Roby Brock over on our sister website at talkbusiness.net. Patrick Curry, the former CEO of Springdale-based Waco Title Company, recently established a competing business in Fayetteville called Allegiance Title Company of Arkansas. Curry is owner and president of the company, doing business as Allegiance Title Company. It's part of a larger organization of more than 500 employees with operations in New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Texas. Tulsa-based holding company All First Title Company is the co-owner, and the Fayetteville office is on Zion Road. Mike Williams started this week as the new CEO of Fayetteville nonprofit Seven Hills Homeless Center. He was previously director of development for the Northwest Arkansas Food Bank, and he's also held leadership positions with Work Matters and United Way of Northwest Arkansas. And Little Rock-based healthcare system Arkansas Children's says it has raised its living wage from $14 an hour to $15 an hour. That will impact the paychecks of more than 500 Arkansas Children's employees. You can learn more about those stories at nwabusinessjournal.com and on our sister website, talkbusiness.net, where you can follow our reporting each and every day. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening. This is a Thursday Ozarks at Large, and that means it's time for Timothy Dennis to give us highlights of live music over the next seven days. Timothy and I are well more than six feet apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we're on mass. We are in the Furman Garner Performance Studio, where there hasn't been much performance in the last mm-hmm. 18 months, but we're going to perform. Exactly. And someone performing tonight at the Walmart Museum in Bentonville has actually performed in this studio before. Not a surprise. Who is it? The U of A World Music Ensemble. thinking about them the other day. They were one of the last groups we had in this room, actually. Yeah. They brought in a hurdy-gurdy, if I recall. They did. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. That performance at the Walmart Museum is part of the Live at the Five and Dime series. That will get underway at 5 o'clock this evening. Tonight, the Momentary in Bentonville is going to have a Grammy-nominated pop star performing. Grace Potter. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Make you lose control Yeah. Okay. And it's a free concert, too. Out on the green? Out on the green. Registration is required. That gets underway at 7.30 this evening. Again, that's at the Momentarium Bentonville. So wait, 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 wait. You could see the world music ensemble and then literally just stroll over and see Grace Pop. Correct. No, no. Bentonville, you win this evening. Yeah. Right. Not to say there is not other music happening this evening. Sure. Down at Kingfish in Fayetteville, Ben Miller Band will be on stage. Men, they don't go anywhere. Hurts keep me hungry, keep my vision clear. Lord, won't you keep me on outside of here? Ooh, 
That will get underway at 8 o'clock this evening. Again, that's at Kingfish in downtown Fayetteville. Happening down in Fort Smith this evening, Majestic is going to have Chris Knight and the Wilder Blue on stage. Okay. Well, I work for the city In a town where I grew up Some days I run a back home Some days I run a dump if I had other plans on my graduation day. Chris Knight, he's more in the vein of country Americana. Tickets for that show are $25. That gets underway at 8 o'clock this evening at Majestic in Fort Smith. Tomorrow night, Fayetteville, uh, JJ's Live. So JJ's Live is where JJ's Beer Garden used to be on the north side of town. Oh, oh, oh. Right. Okay, well, you could play games and such. Exactly. So they're reopen as JJ's Live, and they're doing live performances now. Friday evening, they're going to have Ice Cube. A legend. A legend. He is one of America's favorite detectives who also said (laughs) something to police. That's right. That's right. And um, I know of people, maybe not quite my age, but a little bit younger than me, who are coming from Little Rock and Pine Bluff Mm. and Hope from all over, because... Ice Cube does not play in Arkansas that often. No, no, I I can't remember if he's ever. Yeah. That show, as you said, is very popular. It has a sellout risk. Mm. Tickets are $70, start at $70. That will get underway at 9 o'clock tomorrow evening at JJ's Live in Fayetteville. Elsewhere in Fayetteville tomorrow night, Prairie Street Live is going to have a rock and roll show featuring modeling, Elephantum, and Olympics. Oh, the Olympics. Well, I guess not the Olympics. No. Just Olympics. Olympics. That show gets underway at 7.30 tomorrow night again. That is at Curry Street Live in Fayetteville. Also starting tomorrow at the Momentary in Bentonville is the Fresh Grass Festival. Oh, that's right. And Trombone Shorty is part of that. Trombone Shorty is a part of that. Old Crow Medicine Show, Steep Canyon Rangers, those are Kai Ballers, Irie Lyons, Aoife O'Donovan, and Billy Strings, among many, many others. $70 tickets for Friday alone, $80 tickets for Saturday alone, $120 for both days. And of course, it's a little bit cheaper for children and momentary members. That gets underway starting at 4 on Friday and then at 10 a.m. on Saturday. All right. Moving on. The Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs Friday evening is going to have Chucky Wags on stage. I like Chucky. So here we go again. It's the end of the game. Well, there ain't no one to blame. It's just one of those things. So I walk on down the street to the corner by the square. I know everybody there and they know my name. Did you know there is also a place called the Gravel Bar near Dora, Missouri? I did not know that. I didn't know it till last weekend. What, what river is there? Oh, gosh. Uh, this is on the North Fork. Oh, okay. okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. That show at the Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs with right. Chucky gets underway at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's in Eureka Springs. Moving on to Saturday, a concert that you featured on the show earlier in the week. It's Sona Beyond, the Voces Latinas concert. Speaking of free... It's free. Mm-hmm. They want you to register. Right. Well, there's a pre-show at 4.30 with salsa and food. Correct. And fellowship or hanging out. Then you move in to that event center at 6, and it's going to be pretty cool. And to be clear, this is at Fable Public Library. Oh, yeah. Well, we should tell people that. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And it's featuring, you know, some Sony musicians. Leah Uribe, Fernando Valencia. I'm remembering the ones I talked to. <laughs> Orlando Scalia, uh, but there are several others. Right, right. Oh, it's it sh- going to be fun. It should be a good time. Again, that starts at like 4.30. The big concert starts at 6. Right, free. Also happening in Fayetteville Saturday evening, Kingfish is going to have the one-ounce jig back on their stage. Oh, well, sometimes I feel just like a worm on a hook Just waiting for the big fish to swallow me up, yeah Sometimes I feel like a redwood tree And the storms around my head ain't nothing to me Sometimes I feel just like a dog on a chain That time that I see them again It is about time for me, too. I can't remember the last time I saw him. That show, it gets underway at 9 o'clock. Again, that's at Kingfish in Fayetteville. Also Saturday, over in Siloam Springs, it's the Homegrown Festival. 
Right. They're featuring a lot of like locally made goods and vendors right. and stuff like right. that. But also as a part of that, uh, Will Gunselman is going to perform. He's a local singer songwriter. Yeah. He has also actually performed in this studio before. Yes, he has. Get up, sunshine, well, it's time to start. The worst is coming, gone, ain't that the best part? There's no more saying, ain't life hard enough as it is? Because we feel our buckets full of joy and pain. His performance gets underway at about 1 o'clock Saturday. Again, that's at the Homegrown Festival in downtown Salem Springs. And is he the only musical act, or are there others? As far as I can tell, I couldn't find any more, but that doesn't mean there won't be more. Gotcha. Happening over in Eureka Springs Saturday, Ashton Barbary and Samantha Hunt will be on stage at Gotthold Brewing. Excellent. In their beer garden. That performance gets underway at 5.30 Saturday evening. Again, that's at Gotta Hold Brewing in Eureka Springs. Down in Winslow Saturday night, the Creek Rocks will be back at Ozark Folkways. Nice. Great band from Arkansas, Missouri. Ask for donations at those shows at Ozark Folkways for the band and to keep Ozark Folkways going. <laughs> we're, we're familiar with that concept. <laughs> just, just have to remind people yes. if they're new. Yes. That show gets underway at 5 o'clock again that Saturday evening down in Winslow. Then Sunday, the Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs is going to have Melody Pond on stage. Yeah, I like Melody Pond. They're great. That show gets underway at 4 o'clock Sunday afternoon again. That is in Eureka Springs. And that- you realize if I played the lottery and won, won big, mm-hmm. I could go to all this music and not worry about how I felt Monday morning right. and be too tired. And not be too tired to go to Hillbury next weekend. I'm already too tired to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that it? That's it. Oh, that's enough. <laughs> Timothy Dennis, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. KUAF is supported by Mockingbird Kitchen, locally owned and operated with indoor dining and curbside pickup, Wednesday through Sunday. Modern Ozark dishes, local brews, spirits, and online ordering available. Following COVID safety procedures, MockingbirdKitchen.com for more information. The Arkansas Alumni Association will host the 76th Alumni Award Celebration. Thursday, October 14th at the Fayetteville Town Center. This signature event features a reception with light appetizers and drinks and the awards program, recognizing 12 alumni and faculty. More information available at 575-2292 or online at arkansasalumni.org slash awards 2021. This is a Thursday edition of Ozarks at Large. We love to celebrate music on Thursdays on our program. Timothy Dennis, as you just heard, delivers us updates on live music ahead for the next seven days each Thursday. And still to come, Leah Ribe marking the 50th episode of Sound Perimeter, expanding what we know, think, and experience when it comes to classical music. That's just ahead on today's show. You're listening to KUAF in Fayetteville. KUAF, there is an emphasis on local coverage. Nowhere else can you find and listen to programs like Ozarks at Large or like the Community Spotlight. It's a locally produced segment that shines a light on groups focused on making the KUAF listening area a better place to be. Every weekday morning at 6.30 and 8.30, you hear from some of the region's most dedicated groups and people helping Ozarks and the River Valley and eastern Oklahoma and southern Missouri become the best it can be. If you miss it, you can always access past segments when you go to KUAF.com and search our program tab. Help us to keep you informed on the good things happening in our community by making a contribution during this last afternoon of our annual on-air fall fundraiser. You can contribute online right now at supportkuaf.com. Support the local content from Community Spotlight to the morning newscast with Daniel Carruth to Ozarks at Large and the great music you hear throughout the week on KUAF by going to supportkuaf.com. We did start a $450 challenge from Bill Elder and Karen Freeman of Fayetteville earlier this hour on Ozarks at Large. We're going to meet it by the end of this noon edition of Ozarks at Large, but we only meet it when we all work together. If you haven't, by this last day of the uh, on-air fall fundraiser contributed yet, why not do it right now at supportkuaf.com? Just a few hours left in the fundraiser and not that much time left in this noon edition of Ozarks at Large. 
If you contribute right now in the amount that you choose, you'll be doing your part to support your public radio listening experience, but you'll also be doing your part to help us meet the $450 challenge, the biggest one yet during Ozarks at Large, from Bill Elder and Karen Freeman of Fayetteville. Support KUAF.com, and thank you. Tomorrow on Ozarks at Large, we check in with Michael Tilley from Talk Business and Politics to find out what happened this week. We'll also get an entertainment forecast for the weekend from Becca Martin-Brown, the Features Editor at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Plus, it will be time, the first day of the month, for our monthly check-in with the journalists at ArkansasCovid.com. September was an odd month for the virus in Arkansas. Declines in new cases, a sobering number of deaths reported, and stagnant vaccination rates. Our conversation with them, plus the latest from the Arkansas legislature's work on redistricting and more on a Friday, Ozarks at Large, tomorrow at noon and 7 p.m. And always just a request away on your smart speaker. Just ask that smart speaker to please play Ozarks at Large to hear the most recent edition of our show. Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Pedimeter. We open Sound Pedimeter today with Werner Elmker, Danish-American video producer, photographer, graphic designer, concert pianist, and composer, and his rendition of the popular Happy Birthday song as a variation of the very well-known Prelude in C, written by Johann Sebastian Bach in the 1700s. In this same performance, Elmker moves on to Mozart, Beethoven, Chopin, Debussy, Rachmaninoff and more, and for each of the composers, he chooses one of their very best-known works, including in his variations a happy, happy birthday boogie. a birthday song performed by Danish-American video producer, photographer, graphic designer, concert pianist, and composer Werner Elmker. It's a very appropriate rendition as we are in celebration mode at KUAF 91.3. Today we are airing Sound Perimeter's 50th episode. 50 episodes ago, I presented this crazy idea to Lee Wood, Antoinette Grajera, and Kyle Kellams at KUAF. Back in June of 2020, the pandemic and the killing of George Floyd were affecting all of us in many ways. As an educator, practicing artist, arts administrator and advocate, I was seeing more clearly than ever the lack of balance in my world of classical music. And my first conversation with KUAF was about creating a space dedicated to diverse voices in and around music. The name Sound Perimeter carries our shown main purpose, to expand your musical boundaries, knowledge and connection to inclusive sounds and to let music infiltrate your lives and transform your realities. Knowing that conversations about racial and creative justice are just the beginning of systemic change, 
Through Sound Perimeter, we have joined a group of people and organizations in our area committed to use our platforms to bring and promote change in our surroundings. We hope to continue expanding the circle until diversity and inclusion committees and initiatives are not needed anymore because we all speak the same language. We are all advocates for equity in all of our doings and we are all uplifting and embracing each other. I dedicate Sound Perimeter today to the many voices that are out there fighting for justice, and especially to the artists and musicians of marginalized identities that bring so much beauty, aesthetic experiences, opportunities for reflection, freedom, and democracy for all. And to my collaborators, Tim, Dennis, Lee Wood, and Kyle Callums, thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting a space for our identities to shine. Acostumbraste a todas esas cosas y tú me enseñaste que son maravillosas. Sutil llegaste a mí como la tentación. Until October 15, we will continue celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month in the United States, a month to celebrate the histories, cultures, and contributions of Latin American people and traditions. 50 episodes ago, I chose a bolero from Lila Downs, and today, honoring the same tradition, I close Sound Penimeter with Mexican singer-songwriter Natalia Forcade and Cuban Omara Portuondo singing the Cuban bolero from 1955, me acostumbraste. Support KUAF and NPR. This is Leah Uribe, Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. Mi corazón Yo no concebía Como se quería says Ozarks at Large, we could not bring you this program six days a week throughout the year without great collaborators, including Leah Uribe and Sound Perimeter. Fantastic that it's been 50 episodes. Here's to 500 more, Leah, if you don't mind. 
And we'll hear from some of the collaborators that we partner with every Friday tomorrow on the show. Becca Martin-Brown, features editor at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And Michael Tilley from Talk Business and Politics. Courtney Lanning, film critic for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, will join us tomorrow as well. She was less than enthused, I think, with Adam's family, too. All of that and more. Speaking of collaborators, you know who has been collaborating with us on this show since I started hosting 32 years ago? You, listeners, just like you. Listening, suggesting, giving us ideas, and contributing to keep Ozarks at Large going from a once-a-week half-hour show to now six hours every week. Without your collaboration, your attention, and your support, we wouldn't be here to tell you about what's going on throughout our listening area, the region, and the state. Bill Elder and Karen Freeman are collaborators today. They have made a $450 challenge that is specific to this hour of Ozarks at Large, which we only have a few minutes left on the show. So, if we haven't uh, met the challenge yet, and I'm in the studio, the, An- the, Susan, the Anthony and Susan Hoy News studio, so I don't know where we are, but if we haven't met it yet, I'm going to ask you to make your contribution, if you haven't done so yet, right now at supportkuaf.com. Every contribution made at supportkuaf.com during Ozarks at Large this hour counts toward that $450 challenge from Bill Elder and Karen Freeman of Fayetteville. Thank you so much. Bill and Karen, for doing your part. Thanks, everyone, who has contributed so far this hour and uh, so far during this week of our annual on-air fundraiser. It's an important time, 2021, for all of us to be well-informed. You'd agree with that, I think. KUAF and NPR bringing you reliable information about the virus, about politics, about the economy, facts and advice from the nation's top health care professionals, information about schools, workplaces, public gatherings and events. You depend on reliable information so you can make informed decisions for yourself, your family and your community. We're able to bring you this important coverage thanks to the generosity of listeners who give during fundraisers, and especially the listeners who gave during earlier fundraisers. I'm asking you to join them right now if you're able You can give to KUAF for yourself and for the benefit of the thousands of listeners who rely on us every day. And you can give in the amount of your choice at supportkuaf.com. It takes no more than two minutes. If you'd like, you can become a sustaining member. Maybe make a commitment to $5, $10, $20 a month every month from a bank draft, a debit card, a payroll deduction if you're a U of A employee. However you want to become a member, become a contributor in the amount that you want to become a supporter, you can do that all at supportkuaf.com. We are still uh, involved in that Bill Elder and Karen Freeman $450 challenge for this one hour of noon, Ozarks at Large. Help us meet that goal of $450 at supportkuaf.com. KUAF is giving away two tickets to see Melissa Etheridge in concert Sunday, October 10th at Walton Arts Center. This Grammy Award winner produced hits such as I'm the Only One, Come to My Window, Bring Me Some Water, and more. The winner announced during the noon edition of Ozarks at Large on Friday, October 8th. Registration and information available at KUAF.com. This is KUAF 91.3, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Bentonville, and Springdale. KUAF is a listener-supported service of the University of Arkansas. Contributors today included Leah Uribe, Roby Brock, and Timothy Dennis. Timothy also produced today's show, and he produced today's special 50th episode of Sound Perimeter. Additional content for today's show delivered by KUAR, public radio for Little Rock and Central Arkansas. KUAF's membership director is Rhonda Dillard. Our theme is written and performed by Daryl Sean. Thanks to Bill Elder and Karen Freeman of Fayetteville for making the noon Ozarks at Large challenges all week during our on-air fundraiser. From the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studio at the Carver Center for Public Radio, I'm Kyle Kellums.